Hello and welcome to Quest Me, the Star Wars podcast that takes you on a quest through Legends and New Canon. My name is Josh and your forever host, friend, and false prophet. That's what we'll go with. Uh, joining me is no stranger. Of course, he is the apprentice to my master. His name is Justin. How are you today, sir? I am doing so well. How are you, my friend? I'm good. Um, I feel like you're quiet. A little quiet. A little am I quiet? quiet? Yeah. Am I a little quiet? But it's good to have you back. And here good to, to be back. talk about probably one of the best pieces of Star Wars content that we've seen in a long time. That's a bold statement <clears> there. I Look, man. Look. But we can't get too far into it because, of course, we have to have the fact checker of the group. Um, the one and only. His name is <laughs> Phil. How are you doing today, this week, sir? <laughs> doing all right. Doing all right. Got to see some pretty good Star Wars this week. So Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are live uh, right now, but in podcast land. Um, if you're listening, you can find us live on YouTube on Thursdays at 8.30 Mountain Time, 9 o'clock Central. I don't know why I did it backwards like that, but I'm just so used to still being in Denver that I, I kind of confuse that sometimes. So It is better time, though. <laughs> better place. Better state. But I want to say hi to Angelus in the chat, and I believe that's Andrew, or sorry, Anthony from Sci-Fi Wise Guys, um, which is one half of the podcast and we happen to have the other half of the podcast right here with us today his name is chris welcome to the show sir how's it going great it is going so good how's uh how's how's life over there how's sci-fi wise guys uh you know it's good we're uh recording uh well lower decks season whatever just dropped today oh. two episodes tomorrow is star wars uh, not star wars star trek day um it's all the same spoilers yeah. uh <laughs> that's tomorrow we're probably going to get a trailer for some new show but we're recording our first two episodes of lower decks tomorrow sweet so, yeah that's awesome um and this week uh i made sure to put the hyphen in sci-fi i didn't do that the first week and uh i was uh called out so i made sure to do that this week <laughs> well he's, he's my editor like oh. back a little bit it all makes sense now. Whenever we do, like, he hits me up. He's like, hey, I need a title and description for this episode. And I'll just spit one out. And he'll be like, that's neat. This is what you probably wanted to say. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I wanted to say. Thank you. <laughs> that's awesome. Phil does that for me sometimes. Sometimes I'll title the episode in the notes and then I'll come back later and it'll be a, a whole new title that I, I would say, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I meant to do. So... <laughs> But I, hey what? Josh, don't forget the hyphen. <laughs> I won't. Don't worry. <laughs> I might have in the closing video. I don't know, man. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> but it's good to have you guys all here. I'm super, super, super excited to talk about. It. I've watched this episode four times, even in the matter of like all the work that I've had to do this week. I've still found time to watch Ahsoka four times in two days because it's one of my, like I said, one of my favorite things to come out probably since. Rebels, I would say, the last season of Rebels. I mean, look, The Force Awakens was was great and all, um, but the rest of it just kind of kind of ruined yeah. it for me. So like, I don't know, man. This this was just it was great. So 
we of course are going to break down episode four of Ahsoka Fallen Jedi. Um, but after <laughs> we go. To a bar far away with our good friend Phil. What are we drinking tonight? Uh, I'm I'm pretty proud of this one. Uh, this is something I am calling a fallen Jedi. Uh, nice. After I saw the title of the episode for this week, I went out and was digging around bar stuff, and I found uh, my bottle of Frangelico. Uh, and if you've never seen a bottle of Frangelico, it looks like a monk. Like the oh. the bottle is designed to look like a little monk, and it has a little rope cincher belt and everything. Um, but Frangelico is uh, like uh, a hazelnut liqueur. Uh, and I thought oh. I need to do something with this because you got kind of parallels between monastic orders and Jedi. So I did uh, even mix of uh, an ounce each of Frangelico and uh, St. Germain, which is a, an elderflower liqueur. Uh, and then I threw in uh, a half ounce of uh, homemade Kahlua because, you know, a little bit of the dark side kind of coming into of play. Uh, so, course. yeah, it's um, two parts. Uh, so one part uh, Kahlua uh, and then two parts each, uh, Frangelico and St. Germain, uh, just stirred with ice. It is delicious. Uh, and I always things... wondered what the Frangelico was that my mom had around <gasps> the house. Yeah, uh, it goes great it in coffee or um, eggnog, depending on the season. Huh. All right. I just imagine that tastes like a <laughs> off uh, uh, a white little bit. Russian. Actually, it's it's a very it's very sweet, but it gets a little more of the fruit forward. Uh, kind of flavor from the elderflower with the Saint Germain. So, ah. yeah. Boston says it looks like a pancake. Your father smells of <laughs> elderflowers. Oh, elderberries. Uh, and Angelus in the chat, the uh, Kahlua is the coffee liqueur. Uh, Frangelico's mm-hmm. hazelnut, Kahlua's coffee, Saint Germain is elderflower. Mm. Yeah. God, and, so uh, fancy. And that recipe so fancy. will be thrown into the uh, show notes for y'all as well. As always, and Boston says it looks like a pancake syrup bottle. Uh, a little bit, yes. The Frangelico funny. bottle yeah. does look a lot like a pancake syrup bottle. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, Kahlua used to do, um, like, Buddha bottles. Mm-hmm. They used to have, like, Buddha-shaped bottles. I don't know if they still do, but those were really cool. Yeah. So, Excellent drink. That's yeah. uh, always, always bringing the heat over here. Yeah, so. I do what I can. Travis says he hasn't had booze in his life. I don't know if I believe that, but <laughs> I'll take it at face value. Congratulations. That is, that is okay. Again, the, the bartending yeah. is just, it's my hobby. So. Yep, yep. And of course, like we always got to say, the little disclaimer, please drink, drink responsibly. responsibly. <laughs> um, for corrections this week, I don't really have any other than my Merrick prediction was <laughs> completely wrong. Um Oh, I, yes, was. But here's the thing. Um, when I was watching this episode and that happened, like just if we're, we're just going to go straight into that really quick just to kind of like break the ice because I know that's a big deal. Um, that's a, a huge deal in not just our podcast land, but in like the Star Wars fandom in general. There were like hundreds of different theories and other people like me pounding their fist on the table like, no, F you, this is what's going to happen. 
And I think the best part about that is the creators of this show knew that that's exactly what was going to happen. They were sitting there in the writing room, hanging out, and they're like, "All right, we're going to write this character, and it's it's just going to it's just going to be a night sister spirit. That's it. That's all it is." But but think about it. All these fans are going to eat this up. Like I can just imagine Dave Floney in the writing room going, "Oh yeah, this is going to be big." And here it is, like the good old bait dude. It's switch. like the biggest troll. <clears throat> it's like the biggest troll I think I've ever seen in cinema slash Star Wars. Like it's it's huge. <laughs> did that uh, huge. did that catch you off guard, Chris? Um, here's the deal. I, I I haven't watched a single episode of Rebels. Okay. Um, I watched the first four episodes of the Clone Wars show. No, I take that back. I watched the first season because it ends with Bane. Kate Bane showing up. Uh, yeah, yep, yep. Um, so I don't know. I don't know anything about the background, in theory, of this show. Uh, I, I I listened to your episode with Anthony, the the first two, and you guys had a long discussion over who was the just Eric was <laughs> Eric's name, right? That's, that's name M- Maroc, Maroc, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, yeah, I, I had no expectations of who that was. So when he turned out to be an air elemental, I definitely was not expecting that. Uh, That's funny. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. good. <laughs> and I just, I turned around because my, my girlfriend and I watch the show every week and I turned around and I looked at her and just started laughing so hard. I was like, this is amazing. And I love every second of this. Like, this is why I love Star Wars because it just, this, this is the shit that happens. You know, everyone theorizes, everyone gets so into it, and then it just throws you for for a curveball. See, and I was <laughs> and just like, laughing because oh, yeah. I was imagining your reaction to it. Oh, time. my God. <laughs> and, and here's the thing, like, I was, again, I was pounding the table on this, like, in so many groups and stuff, and, like, just furiously telling people that Maroc was Ezra, which... It made sense. It, illogical. It made sense. There, no, it's there illogical. are ways that you could do it. Um, it's Star Wars. Look, man. You does can does fly logic space actually without a spacesuit? Yeah. Does does logic actually like like right, apply to Star Wars? Because seriously, like you could do anything. So, and not just my theory, but there were other people that had theories that were really good too. That like made sense, and uh, it was it was just so so funny to me because like. They they had to have known. They just had to have known, and I I'm I'm super excited. Like I'm super excited that it finally ended and that we got our answer. Um, but oh, what I was gonna say. Sorry, I got I got off on a tangent. But I'm posting in those groups, and I would get so much like hate and all these people like, oh, you're gonna be so upset when it's not that, and you're gonna be so mad, and you're gonna talk shit and like all this stuff. And that's not that's not me. Like. I loved every second of it and I still love the whole thing, even though I was completely wrong and like kind of embarrassed myself a little so, bit. It's fun. Like I had a good time doing were, it, you know? So essentially you were trolling. Absolutely. And it was the biggest troll to the, all the trolls. And it just, man, the holy Filoni in Filoni we trust, like for real. Like I can't even, can't even explain how awesome that. But was. how did you not see the 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 bait and switch? I called it since like. Of course, I always saw it was there, but it's so much fu- so much more fun to theorize. I'm, it's so much more he, fun to have that hope and in, stuff. In theory, right, that's fair. I mean, sometimes the best surprises are the ones that are in your face, right? <laughs> right. 
like it's Occam's razor. Like the most logical answer is the correct one. So, right. you know, if it, I don't know. And, and the just, whole like Arthurian, like uh, legend and stuff that the, the werewolf or whatever that dude's name was, was uh, brought back to life from the sorcerer Morgan and all this stuff. Like <laughs> that actually makes sense. Cause it was a night sister spirit. That was a green set of smoke. Yeah, that you came out. Think, so. I don't know uh, what the green smoke. I didn't not see green smoke. All you time. didn't see the. I did not see. I saw green. green. I saw green. Not smoke. all the way. Yeah, well, you're a uh, you're Starlight Killer scene. I made sure that the green smoke got in there, so don't worry. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. Um, but yeah, I just just to get that out of the way, like I am not upset by any means about my theory being wrong. Like I don't want anyone to ever think that I'm going to hate Star Wars because my theory was wrong and I should be right. There, There's so many fans out there that are like that. I don't, mean, don't write down anywhere that Josh was mad. <laughs> don't ask <laughs> me. <laughs> no, I mean, I get passionate, not mad. Don't worry. But anyway, let's. Uh, we're, we're going to just move forward after that because that was like the only correction that we really had and that was a pretty big one. So I'll just erase that part from the notes and move on to the synopsis of the episode, which I kind of did a little, I don't know, it was a little differently. But anyway, this week on The Empire Strikes Back, part two, our heroes are faced with some pretty dire decisions that leave them in quite the predicament. At the end of this episode, we are all asking, where is Ahsoka? What the hell is Sabine doing? And what is this bad feeling Jacis and Dula has? If there's one thing that needs to be said, it is Thrawn is coming, and it's going to be messy. Thanks, Phil, for the assist. I was honestly Swish. just curious if you'd keep reading whatever I was typing on there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I proofread it first. Don't worry. Well, I, I saw that come up at, while you were speaking. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> So this this episode was directed by Peter Ramsey. That's another correction. I thought this episode was directed by Dave Filoni, but it's actually next week. Yep, yep, you were absolutely right. Um, but directed by Peter Ram- Ramsey, of course, written by Dave Filoni, and stars the usual, usual suspects, Rosario Dawson, Natasha Lou Bordizo, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. And I got to just bring it up. The music by Kevin Kinner, Kinnear, whatever, um, is top-notch again. Um, every like bit of the score for this episode was really, really good. Um, and I, I don't know. I can't, I can't praise that music enough. Do you guys feel the same way? Like, I feel like it's authentic, genuine star Wars music, you know, like Mandalorian kind of got a little off base sometimes. And of course, Ahsoka had that rock band. (laughs) Yeah. But like, it got really strange, but it was awesome. Like, don't get me wrong, like this guy's ha- is killing it with the song or with the soundtrack, but it's not like John Williams at all. But I, I think like there's it. a lot of hints of John Williams. Am I am I wrong there? Way less brass. Oh, Way okay, less sure. brass. Fair, but I mean, it's all in the presentation. I mean, they abandoned the wood flute, thankfully. Um, yeah, but I mean, you don't need a full orchestra for. 30 minute episode of a TV show. Right. So. And I feel like they're doing a lot of um, like samurai type of music, which makes so much sense because it was, this was a complete samurai episode. It was like all about the, what, what, what's the guy that, the guy that makes the movies, the samurai movies. I always Kurosawa. forget his name. Kurosawa? You're, you're talking yes. about Kurosawa. Kurosawa. Uh, yes. Thank you. Going back to the, our, um, going back to the foundations of Star Wars uh, to Akira yeah. Kurosawa's Hidden Fortress and the other um, assorted 
uh, movies that uh, that Kurosawa did. Uh, yeah, Thor, Throne. Um, and even though this episode was only thirty five minutes long, it kind of seemed a little bit longer this week. I feel like there was a lot more information packed in. It wasn't just a twenty minute space battle, and then a crash landing. You know. Um, and again, to me, it was one of the best pieces of Star Wars content to come out in a long time. Like, the the stakes in this episode were formed pretty much immediately, and I, like, I was all for it. It was in the first five minutes of this episode. You're, you're basically like, oh, all right, here we go. This is, this is what they're up against, and this is what needs to happen both sides. Because you had the conversation between Sabine and Ahsoka, and then the conversation between Balin and Morgan... And it was really fun to see the kind of, I don't know, their their mission, I guess. You know what I mean? Um, I, I love Ahsoka's take on if, if we can't find Ezra, then no one should. And I think <laughs> right there is where I, when, when Sabine, you know, Ahsoka asked her, can I trust you basically to take care of business um, to make sure that, no one can use the map you know can i trust you to do that and she says yes i feel like we need to have that always sunny meme pop up that says sabine can't be trusted (laughs) because that's all that that was foreshadowing yeah (laughs) (laughs) um but then you also have on the flip side you have morgan talking to balin and he says i can't remember exactly what he says but then morgan says is that a hint of fear in your voice and he says experience it's like oh shit yeah, yeah, because he's probably seen some some pretty dark shit, so he's been through some things. Um, did you guys get kind of a similar feeling to this opening? Like, I I don't know. I got I got really how do I how do I explain it? Like, I, I guess I got kind of nostalgic, bubbly feelings, like kind of how I got in the Force Awakens, but maybe a little bit more. <laughs> And uh, I was. How is it nostalgic, though? Just because it's Star Wars. Because this is like <laughs> it's it's Star Wars, and I'm I'm actually watching a Star, Star Wars. Movie, you know, Andor was a different kind of Star <laughs> War. Obi Wan was a different kind of Star War. The Mandalorian's a different type of Star War, and this one kind of made me think like it was. One can argue feels more like the OG. One, one can argue those are. Yeah. I mean, is is that am I off base there, or uh, or? It got me. It got me nostalgic for the first two episodes, and it reminded me uh, how terrible Ahsoka is at making decisions. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to put you know pop your balloon or anything, but she openly talks about how insubordinate and rebellious her apprentice was, and then in the first four episodes of the show, immediately betrays her trust three times. Uh, um, not to mention the whole uh, don't split up advice from Hu Yang that yeah. they immediately didn't follow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it just reminded me of that scene from Spaceballs when he's like, this is why evil will always triumph because good is dumb. <laughs> like she did like my only real complaint is that she just seems to make the worst decision at the worst time and i don't i don't know that but it did get me nostalgic for that so i feel um, like you're you're pretty much uh right on point there because she was the same way in clone wars too like through the whole series she'd always make weird decisions and you're like eh. sometimes it would work out sometimes it wouldn't but um I do really like that they used the fulcrum 
uh, name again, of course, uh, mm-hmm. which technically I guess you could call that all the way back to Anakin. Yeah, which would be another Continuity. another foreshadow to uh, to him. I d- I can't remember Anakin. It was that in code the word. final season of Clone Wars. They're on that bridge, and Anakin does that really cool like stand in front of the entire army thing, and uh, uh. when they. When they get done with that, one of one of the clone troopers comes up and he's like, "Someone is using your subsa- subsa- subspace whatever whatever fulcrum," and so Anakin was like the first one to use fulcrum, and then of course Ahsoka used it in Rebels, and then the other guy, the general guy from the Empire, used it for a little bit too. Um. Anyway, <laughs> did anybody else think that Hu Yang was going to get offed right here? Did anybody else think he was going to get murked? No. Nope. I, I was okay. afraid he might get injured, but I didn't think they'd kill him off. Um, okay. Just he, the way they established his character back in uh, in Clone Wars is like, nah, this guy's just been around for forever. He's going to keep going. I thought he was going to instigate a robot revolution. <laughs> I mean, he he should, but that that gets into like Dune, te- you know, Dune politics, not Star Wars politics. Well, the the robot from Solo did it. <clears throat> she started that whole robot insurgence on uh, what's the Kessel. spice mines of Kessel? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. L three seven. Yeah, that was one of the best scenes of that whole movie. <laughs> I mean, oh, Hu Yang in this situation just yeah. keeps it OG. One on one battle, fisty but I also you fuck, They played fucking Rock'em Sock'em Robots. It was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, yeah. I was legitimately I was expecting one of the heads to go bing. Yeah, I was, wa- I was watching this morning with my wife. We were eating breakfast, and I was like, it's Rock'em Sock'em Robots. <laughs> I mean, that's literally like at the top of my notes. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Rock'em Sock'em. That's hilarious. <laughs> Um, I did like the use of his his multiple hands yes. to his multiple arms Which coming out. They'd shown off in the episode before, so it wasn't completely just a like it. bullshit out of nowhere. Suddenly, Hu Yang has four arms thing. Right, I completely forgot about it though because it was just such a minute detail to me. <laughs> and then he busts him out. And I'm like, oh yeah, he's got a General Grievous in this shit. Um, so originally in the notes, this is where I was gonna veer off. Um. And and I had my my segue into the talking about Merrick thing, but we already did that, so we'll just uh, pass on through that and move on to the sequence of the, I, I called it the once a rebel always a rebel sequence, um, because although it's small, it's another one of those nostalgic things. And um, I, what 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 did you guys think about just seeing the whole fleet again, and then Hira? Hera running off, um, you know, and disobeying all the orders and that that whole that whole thing. Phil, uh, we got to see Carson Tiva, uh, who I had been saying I had hoped we'd see at some point this season. Did you um, think we'd see Zeb right there too? Honestly, no. I I, I, I still <laughs> hold that we're not going to see Zeb till mm-hmm. the end of the season. Okay. He'll, I, he'll I, be on the rescue I mission. Uh, <laughs> I, I I love that we got to see, you know, other folks from that base show up. You know, it's like, all right, here's Carson with his squad. Um, mm. 
we had uh um a Rodian. Yeah, that spoke spoke <laughs> spoke. God, I am so out of it, you guys. Um it spoke hut Hutties. That was great. Oh, that was, oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, speaking about that, like how come Star Wars always goes off the alien? Well, well, they're scum. Well, <laughs> they're expensive to. Well, yeah. humans are the superior species, and yeah, well, <laughs> that's what I the mean, empire the, thought. Uh, the empire did not really of, like uh, imperial xenophobia <laughs> going on there. But uh... yeah, the, the imperials did not really like aliens. That's <laughs> yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, uh, I ones. did. Just blue ones. <laughs> Even that was an exception. That A was very yeah, notable and... exception. In the in the books, it took Thrawn like a long time to get that trust. He had to work his way up for sure. Um, hang on, what where there it is. So, I actually picked three different uh, Starlight Killer scenes this week. So as we go through the episode, I'll I'll play the two that I'm not using, or put the two up. But this first one that I had chose chosen was coming from that little uh, meeting point and this is the first time we get to see the ghost like the actual ghost in live in live action yes we saw it in um, Rogue One and we saw it in Rise of Skywalker like briefly very small bits of it but it was just I don't know again another I love Rebels so much and to see all those characters and ships and things come to live action and to see how well they do it has been a joy to say the least um and yeah seeing seeing all the other pilots carson all them was was a lot of fun i i like that we got I, to see the uh s foils activate from the the pilot view like oh, on the side when we're, when we're seeing the pilot and we see the s foils split it's like oh that's cool it's a nice little detail yeah um and we i, I so, lost my train of thought there what's up justin yeah, I got a yeah. question. With all the pilots, is that was that going to be skeleton crew? Nah, we have like all the pilots. Nah, I'm. Oh, it wasn't. I always had a. I had a suspicion. I'm not making predictions or theories anymore. So <laughs> I'm just going to roll with it. <laughs> you suck at them. <laughs> That's I not have a true. Question. I've had a couple. Yeah, good go ahead, ones. Chris. What's up? Why is it called an X-wing? Where's Where's my toy? Uh, no, it no. Like if if pull they up, don't, pull up, if it, they pull, don't up use... pull up the Star Wars <laughs> alphabet right now. <laughs> look at the Orbesh X. Oh, fuck look at, look right. at the Oh, you're right. Oh, you know, I don't think I ever put that together. Wow, that's interesting. Gotta, but gotta throw it to our guests for asking the, the hard-hitting Star Wars questions, man. <laughs> but. Uh, I, Want a better question? Why they call the B wing a B wing? <laughs> yeah, well, I technically to, uh, the X wing upside down is a I triangle. To, uh, Star Star Wars Land or whatever it's called in Florida <laughs> last August, and uh, we're Galaxy's standing in Edge. line. Yeah, we're standing in line, uh, ready to go on um, whatever that ride is, which is pretty awesome, by the way. Uh, the Millennium no, Falcon, the other one, um, where you go onto the Death Star. Or whatever. Oh, rise of the yes, resistance. rise of the resistance. Yeah. Um, and I'm just standing there looking at the alphabet, and uh, I look at my wife, and I'm like, "Why do they call it an X-wing?" <laughs> she, she's like, "You know, 
there's moments like this when divorce is on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> don't poke um, holes. Just, you know, let sleeping dogs lie. Well, look, it, so I have <laughs> I have an X-Wing. I have Kylo Ren's ship chasing Poe Dameron's X-Wing right above me, hanging with fishing wire, because I'm that kind of nerd. Uh, and so looking at it from below, it, it does, the X-Wing does have three points. It does make a triangle, just saying. Um, <laughs> that doesn't explain the A or B wings. <laughs> that just, absolutely yeah. not. Wow. I'm not even going to look, I'm never going to look into that, ever. <laughs> it's just going to ruin the mystery. Uh, Waffle is wrong. The B-Wing is the dumbest looking starship, or star spacecraft, whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, but it is also the coolest. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it does, dumb it, looking, but it's fucking cool. Yeah, it does spin around, yeah. <laughs> it's a neat trick. Yeah. Um, it's a neat trick. So... What do you guys think of uh, Hera taking Jason on a trip to a possible death trap? Uh, I think it is the most irresponsible Star Wars thing you could possibly do. Yeah. So, so that's her son. Yes, that is yeah. her son with uh, Kanan uh, with from Star Wars Rebels. Horrible pair. Yeah. Horrible pair. Yeah, um, in in Rebels, uh, a Jedi named Kanan and her, you know. Got down. So he's like half Twi'lek. He is half Twi'lek. Yes. Where's yep. his? That's uh, that's he, why his hair is green. He does not that. have Leku. He has kind of pointy ears and green hair. Yep. Human human genetics are apparently very dominant. Elves. <laughs> uh, he also kind of <laughs> gave us our first glimpse at him possibly being force sensitive when he said, "I've got a bad feeling." Oh, he said it. He said the thing. He, he said, said it kind of. Line. He said it. Oh, Dameron says it. Like Han Solo It's a thing it. in it's every episode of fucking Clone Wars. <laughs> I've well, got a bad feeling about this. To be, fair, Justin, to be fair, Justin, the, the Force binds us all. <laughs> it flows through us. Surrounds it us. It penetrates us. <laughs> so, my... Am I binded to you right uh, now? The force is kinky as hell. Or anyway. I'm almost, I'm almost done with this beer. Maybe we can bind later. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you know. But yeah, no, up, getting, I'll, to I'll see, watch. getting to see the ghost. That was, it was some cool shit. It was really good. Yeah, um, and Carson also called Hera Phoenix Leader, which just kind of like, again, the rebels in me. I was like... <laughs> Gave you chills. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was nice. Um, I... We we kind of just I'm, I'm I was I'm curious. Did anyone know or like translate uh, Chopper this time around? I, I it was too long. Of I kind of did. Um, I think from what I got because the I heard the <laughs> first thing that the first thing that Jason asks is uh, why why do I have to do what I'm told but you don't? And I'm pretty sure Chopper's like, yeah, what's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounded like what he asked. Um, and then whenever, okay. at the end, whenever the, the Eye of Scion got away, he was like, uh-oh, someone's in trouble. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's what he was saying. Um, I'm sure some someone far greater than I will translate. But um, I, 
I want to move on to the the best part of this show, which is all the lightsaber battles. Um, and I just want to start with, I really think Sabine and Shin are going to be best friends by the end of this series. Um, and if 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 they if they do, I want them to make a buddy cop series with Shin and Sabine. <laughs> she stole her white hair, right? Yeah. Did she have white hair in the show? Or am I just yeah. imagining that? Sabine? Yeah, no, no. She's, Point, she's, yeah. Shin's got the white hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sabine, Sabine dyes her hair oh, okay. like every few episodes. It's part of the <laughs> whole like graffiti artist thing. That's her shtick. That's that's the bean. You know yeah. your hair? I know of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, aside from the, the buddy cop aspect, because I think it'd be a fantastic show. Um, I don't see that being plausible, dude, though. I don't think they're going to be friends. I, I don't know. I, I think like, it's I think it's possible, I, I, but it'd be cool. But I don't think it happened. I don't see it happening. Um, so there's going to be a rivalry there because there can only be two master and apprentice. There's three right now. Man. Uh, but three. Are, are Shin Sith, and Balin they? Sith. They don't yeah. use red lightsabers and they don't call themselves Sith. Yeah. Is Shin possibly Balin's daughter? Possibly. Hmm. All right, yeah, because yeah, it would it true. would explain why he got so upset that Ahsoka threw her against the wall like a rag doll. Ooh, um, interesting prediction in the chat. Shin kills Balin. Ooh, that mm, okay. I, I can see yeah, that. All right, yeah, because Balin tries to go her own. Yeah, uh, hmm. shift to full on Sith side. That's an interesting possibility. Cool. Um. And mathematically, it would make sense because three minus one is two. <laughs> good, 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 Justin. Good. Checks um, out. Math checks out. I think this this battle between Sabine and Shin um, was it was better than Ahsoka versus Murak, um, even though that one was more of a callback to Obi Wan versus Maul, and I really appreciated that. Uh, I thought that was a really fun, just like. No, I'm I'm still better than you. You're you're done. Um, and and it kind of just extends on Ahsoka being able to wreck Inquisitors at will because she did it in what was that? There was a show, Young Jedi. No, I don't remember what it was, but it was like a spinoff show. Jedi stories. Yeah, the tale tales of the Jedi. Yeah, tales of the Jedi. And there, she yeah. like gets kind of attacked by an inquisitor and she basically takes his lightsaber out of his hand and cuts his head off with his own lightsaber and all in like one motion <laughs> it's and then, so the okay. the inquisitors are great until they actually go up against a jedi a real jedi <laughs> yeah that that one inquisitor in rebels where she like stops the lightsaber swing and then just turns the lightsaber off just with the force beep. yeah <laughs> like no no so it was it was a fun callback to just how how badass she is against inquisitors, um, but did, what did you guys think about this battle between Shin and uh, Sabine? I personally I think Sabine held her own really well considering she's not well, she's a little force sensitive, but, but she's not, not as <laughs> full on like Jedi level force sensitive. Yeah, yeah. No, Chris, what did you think her... about this scene? I, I saw a couple people complaining about how it looked a little uh it just looked a little off 
Um, what what would you say? Why do they always have to fight in the dark? <laughs> like, is it the, light the contrast? lightsabers are so shiny? Like, is that what it's for? I guess it's it's a lot of it's a lot of contrast, and then darker lighting is actually easier for them to manipulate digital effects without having to like work as hard or spend as much sure. money on it. I mean, that's why Godzilla looks like garbage in Godzilla versus King Kong. Uh, mm, like I, in terms of the fight itself, um, it's fascinating to me. Um, I'm going to date myself. I saw star. I saw the original star Wars movie, like in the early, early nineties on VHS. Like, and so like the lightsaber duel in that movie compared to what you have now, like it's, it's very interesting how like this not only has the style changed but the cinematography has certainly changed um the choreography has shifted yeah it's very much so oh, like yeah. there oh, yeah. a lot of people complain about how star wars went from like the jedi being these mystic wizards where it's like oh it's, they're they're very mysterious but now like pop them out like candy <laughs> which is cool like you know i love star wars there's nothing wrong with it um so like and in the books, like you get all the different fighting styles. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, the... Like I, like how Obi-Wan was the master of this one particular mm -hmm. fighting style, which was super defensive, which is why um, he was able to hold his own against Anakin, who is a very aggressive lightsaber duelist. Um, you know, uh, for someone who allegedly isn't, you know, a force user, I think, you know, Sabine held herself, but um old Eldin Jarin, you know, he was able to wield that hefty, hefty darksaber pretty well. Well um, I mean a sword's a sword, right? You break yeah. it down. Yeah. Um I, I, I think she acquitted herself quite nicely. So. Yeah. I feel like it, it might have been a little sloppy at points, but but she did a good job and, and mixing the blasters with um the lightsaber stuff was really cool. I really, really like Jedi Fallen Order Ken. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, like survivor, if you, survivor. Anthony talked about this when he was on your show about how I do weird cross-cultural media references. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you ever watched the movie Mystery Men. Yeah. Okay. There's Love a scene when the Sphinx is helping all the Mystery Men and he's hanging out with William H. Macy, the shoveler. And he's like, how many weapons do you wield? And he's like, one. And he's like, no, you got your, your elbow, your hand, your head. Like your entire body's a weapon. And that's what Sabine is embodying. She's like, mm -hmm. I may not be the best lightsaber duelist, but I got these cool rockets in my fist. <laughs> yeah. So. And she pulls out a trowel. It was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, uh, I viewed this fight as more transformer transformative for uh, Sabine. I mean, I sent a, a group or a little message in the the chat about uh, Kanan saying the quote to um, Sabine about you know she's too hard or too headstrong. There's too much Mandalorian in her, and at this part uh, and in in the fight, there's like they're fighting and she has her helmet on, and then somehow it gets knocked off, and then she picks up her uh, lightsaber, and that right there just like signified like oh. There goes the Mandalorian, and here comes the Jedi. At least that—that's how I saw that. That's yeah. good camera work. Yeah. 
Um, and she did. I feel like she did kind of use the force a little bit. It was like a, it was like a little slap. It was like a force slap because <laughs> she does the hand motion and Shin is like. I, oh, I think I think that was, that was more of an anticipation <laughs> thing. Just I think so too, but I like to imagine just a dainty little force slap. <laughs> <laughs> um, but bringing up like the different the way the cinematography is, I really liked how the lightsabers clashed and how you get to see the smoke come off the lightsabers, um, and the way that they would like push them up against each other and stuff. There was the choreography in this episode was top notch, and they did a really good job um, with the sword play. And I'm glad you brought up the different styles because did anybody count how many styles were used in this episode? It was at least six, six six to eight, I would say. I I mean, if we're being technical, eight is like the maximum that exists within like the realm of things. Well, seven, because it's up through form six uh, that Mace Windu was using. Uh, and then uh, the seventh unofficial style is when you start using two sabers. Huh. This is why you're here. Yeah, I no, I know. Uh, <laughs> we, need, we need Sin Drellig to <laughs> come explain it for us. Um, anyway, uh, so, so, I mean, within within the different forms, there's going to be a lot of different stances and things taken. Uh, sure. and, and I loved seeing the approach the the various different stances taken by Ahsoka and Balin as they were, you know, kind of evaluating each other for openings. That was absolutely spectacular. And again, more callbacks to like samurai movies and samurai battles and yeah. stuff because it was very, very reminiscent of those. Well, I mean, the, you you can't deny the, you know, uh, impact of actual like real world kendo on Star Wars. Right, right. And this is funny. Uh, what type of weak-ass space helmet falls off so easily? <laughs> I feel like Justin had a point there with, with the space helmet. He, yeah, Justin wrote in the, in the notes, Sabine losing her helmet is her losing her Mandalore mind. Just the, kind of that shift in her way of thinking. You know, if she's yeah. out of the helmet, she's not thinking like a yeah. Mandalorian anymore. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah, she's I can see that, Jedi, except that then, the you know, the, the, the darts are kind of the, oh, no, I'm still very much a Mandalorian. Yeah. True. Um, <laughs> what? I don't I don't think I know what you're talking about here. A don't. Syndralic <laughs> deep cut? Syn- <laughs> Syndralic is, uh, he's a character that was created for <laughs> Nick G- Gilliard, who was the... <laughs> And he was the sword master on set mm-hmm. for the for the prequel. Yeah, and he, they he's, kill, he's, Anakin killed him. <laughs> yeah, he's oh. given a cameo in the movie, and he gets whacked. <laughs> he gets his oh, shit rocked. Okay. Yeah, he also makes <laughs> okay. an appearance in the like Return or not Return, but the <laughs> Rise of the Sith video game. Mm-hmm. Like he's a character in the fighting game for some reason. <laughs> so interesting. That's super weird. Um. I to end that that battle because they 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 fought for a little bit they did pretty well but then Shin just Batman's her way out of it poof smoke bomb <laughs> which was such a Mandalorian style counter though as yeah yeah that you know Shin which is, came out with the smoke bomb was just like ah yeah it was great I feel like <laughs> I feel like that's not something that Jedi use or Sith either I feel like that's kind of a you know Jedi just kind of jump out or do the force run or whatever 
She popped out with the Batman belt and Shinsuke. Can you like keep when you guys like supercut Master Tatsu for Ninja Turtles? I could absolutely do that right after this episode, and I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna write it in my notes. Actually, I still need to make that lethal weapon meme with R2D2 and Chopper, where R2D2 is like, "I'm too old for this shit." Yeah. So we had that one big battle, and of course we had the other big battle between Ahsoka and Balin. Um, Justin, what what did you think about about this battle? Were you impressed with it, or do you think it left a little to be desired? Or I I would go with the latter. There, it needs. I, I wanted more. Like Ahsoka was holding her own and doing some acrobatic stuff, like throwing her leg up against the rock, and then Balin just overpowered her and then kicked her off I, the I, edge. I, that was did, lackluster. Did I was you so see how he held his light? Like I, was, I saw he had some power behind every single. I saw swing. people yes. in the like first couple of weeks of the show comparing his saber to uh, to a Scottish claymore. Oh, and just his fighting style as being just this big, so heavy, two-handed. <laughs> Interesting, uh, Chris. Freedom. <laughs> I am Balin Skull. <laughs> Chris, what do you think of Ray Stevenson in general in, uh, in this series, and especially I mean, in this episode? Like, I mean, oh, I was just, in general, love him. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw a movie with him uh, a long time ago called Punisher Warzone, which I had no idea he what it was. was so was good. Go see it. He was yeah. so <laughs> good in Warzone. I, that sounds like a wonderful oh, it's movie. It, it's, um, it's a Punisher movie. It's <laughs> but uh, it's a Marvel movie. Uh, well, like pre-MCU Marvel, but yeah. In this show, like I, it took me like till the middle of the second episode because, I mean, Anthony will tell you, we do no research on anything that we ever watch because, you know, it it's not that it spoils things, but I don't want to hype myself and get disappointed. That's so I, I didn't know. I I can't help it, but I'm a librarian. So yeah, <laughs> the only person that I knew was in the show was Rosaria Dawson because she had already been in a Star Wars, oh. you know, intellectual property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when he showed up on screen, I was like, that can't be Ray Stevenson. He's dead. <laughs> Uh, and then halfway through the second episode, I was like, no, that's Ray Stevenson. He's great. Uh, fantastic actor. Uh, he's, he, he has, um, presence. Yes. Like he's, he's the biggest yeah. dog in the pound. Like he's, he's just there. He, he, he towers literally over everybody and including some of the set pieces. <laughs> so like, he's just, he's, he's a fantastic, uh, Villain? Is he a villain? I don't know. He like, what's is. His plan? What's his plan? He's an antagonist. So. Yes. Whether yeah. he's a villain or not is yet to be seen. And that's the thing. What is his plan, Justin? Do you have an idea? Like, what? What, what do you think his actual plan is here? Because I don't think he really gives a shit about the Empire or Thrawn or anything like that. No, no. I think he's just out for the money. I for really the money. Do. Why, why, why would he change up his uh, mercenary gig? But like in, in the show, it shows that he has like faith in Thrawn. So like I'm, I'm at a, a bind. I don't know why why he's do does anything. What, what do you think, Phil? What do you think he's really after? You, you really think it's the money? I, I think it's power. 
he he said that Thrawn's return would grant them power that like they'd never seen. Oh. Now, what exactly he meant by that? Who knows? Did he mean just influence? Did he mean uh, that like Thrawn's return would kind of herald a return of like the dark side influence around the galaxy? Who knows? But he knows that he he believes that what is coming is going to be best mediated for him and Shin by the return of Thrawn. Hmm. So I've seen a couple things that uh, people are saying that he might actually be after the world between worlds. Ooh. Because especially in this episode, he says, um, I'm looking to secure the future. And in order to do that, you have to destroy things. Um, and so Is when... he still trying to find a way to bring balance to the force? Is he still trying to fulfill that prophecy? Right. I got a theory. Go, Go ahead, for Chris. it. Okay. <clears throat> so a lot of people did not like Star Wars 9, uh, whose title I don't even remember. That's good. How forgettable it doesn't it matter. <laughs> uh, and a lot of people were talking about how Filoni and Favreau were kind of deconstructing the end of the Star Wars saga or the Skywalker trilogy. Well, at the the end of the most recent Star Wars thing that we watched, Mandalorian, whatever season it was, they kind of just reinforced with the cloning that the the Palpatine stuff's happening, right? Yeah. So, um, homeboy, what's his name? Who's um, played Thrawn? by the guy? From, not Thrawn. Oh. Uh, played by the guy from Breaking Bad. Um, I'm terrible with actor names. <laughs> most of the time. Uh, no, what? He, he he's, he's talking about Gideon. 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 Moff Moff. Gideon. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. I was like, which uh, one from Breaking oh, oh, oh. Like, he kind of, like, he doesn't necessarily threaten <laughs> Thrawn's return, but he definitely seemed kind of against Thrawn's return, if I remember. He, right. he remember was, he was not Skeptical. convinced Seemed that like it was going power. to happen. Mm. Yeah. He, so, he was, he was pretty content to be running Imperial Remnant stuff himself right and he did not want anybody else coming in and stomping on his territory so i'm thinking that because um, these shows happen concurrently right like we were trying to figure that out last week we were trying to figure out the timeline sure. i think this is actually way before mandalorian season three because okay. this i feel like this happened shortly after uh the episode of mandalorian season two where ahsoka fought Morgan and asked her where's Grand Admiral Thrawn and then this the beginning of this episode was her on that prison ship getting transferred yeah. to the New Republic so I feel like it was it might not have been right after but maybe like a month after so, or something like that so my theory is that Balin is he's he's part of the the Imperial Remnants he's either working for Gideon or he's working against Gideon directly hmm. Because uh, he's got an Inquisitor, mm. right? Well, and like Merrick, Marek, Marak. I don't. I don't think that was Balin though. That was Morgan. Yeah, I think Morgan Mar raised. Merrick didn't come into play until after Morgan was already involved. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I just have a feeling he's working for one of those. 
he he's either working against Gideon or he's working for Gideon. Mm-hmm. And so either way, he's getting he's got to get to Thrawn because he's either his plan is to bring Palpatine back through the cloning or reinstigate the Empire with Thrawn. Well, and now that they have a pathway to this other galaxy, like that's exactly where Kylo Ren went at the beginning of episode nine was to this other galaxy. Exegol is in the outer rim and you have to like navigate through everything to get there. And so my my original kind of theory about this whole thing, because it is going to wrap up into the sequel trilogy, it's just going to make it make sense. Um, I fully believe that and they're also using bits and pieces of the Thrawn trilogy, the original books. And so I, I think that Absolutely. Thrawn is going to be the one to bring in what's what I would feel is this version of the Katana fleet. And that would be why Emperor Palpatine at the end of episode nine had all of those Star Destroyers on Exegol because Thrawn helps bring all of those to Exegol. So then they have that. Like, I would almost bet that I, like I, I'm not, I said I'm not going to make any more predictions. This is just my overall feeling. But <laughs> I would bet that Doctor uh, Pershing probably travels to Exegol and he starts doing his experiments there. Like by the end of this whole Mandoverse thing, I would assume that it's going to end on Exegol with them doing experiments, creating Snoke and Emperor Palpatine, and that by the end of you know Dave Filoni's movie the sequel trilogy will make a little bit more sense. At least, I or, think that's their goal. Or, here we go, we could just flip that whole thing around. Balin Skull does get access to the World Between Worlds, and he just, like, I don't know, pulls Anakin into the World Between Worlds at some point and just murks him, and so all the plans get <laughs> get derailed. Retconned. <laughs> Retcon, retcon, and the original trilogy's just done, and the sequel trilogy's just wiped out. So then they're gonna remake the original trilogies and remake the sequel trilogies, right? That's exactly what's gonna happen. Pretty sure. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, it's possible. Star Wars. So, yeah. Anyway, that, that all, all fun and games. Of course, that's not really gonna happen. And whatever we think is gonna happen is gonna be completely wrong. And that's fine. That's the beauty of these shows, because we are not the writers. There was a big argument in my Twitter um, chat group today about people making fan cuts of things. Like, there's a fan cut out there of, I think it's Obi-Wan, where they uh, basically cut out all the credits and cut out the quote-unquote unnecessary scenes and just made a a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie. And there was an argument about um, if fans should be able to edit things out or if it's like okay for that to happen fans Um, can do whatever they want they just have to keep in mind that it's you know fan stuff fan stuff man and that's what we have to keep in mind our own predictions for a reason yeah (laughs) and that's what we have to keep in mind when we make our own little predictions like these Uh, is that it's all fan fiction it's all made up in our own dumb little heads and that the writers know what they're doing and Usually, usually, usually it's okay. Um, at least with Mandalorian, bad movies, man. at least with Mandalorian and Ahsoka, <laughs> at least with this Mandoverse, things have been fairly okay on the writing standpoint, and there's been mystery there. We still wonder what's going on. We still want to know what's going to happen with these characters. Um, yeah, the sequels had some really shaky writing, and that 
So Listen this to Trek the original Wars. trilogy. Writing has never been Star Wars' strong suit. No, you're right, but it just really went downhill. <laughs> I, I, I um, love the Star Wars films, but they have never been uh, the oh, it's never been like well award-winning dialogue <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. But there's at least been a semi uh, decent like story behind it, you know, like a. Whereas, like, the sequel trilogy was like, here's something, here's something else, and here's something else. Oh, yeah, I mean, the overall, the overall concept is still amazing, but... Anyway. So, we get to this point where Ahsoka, basically, she, she touches the map, and it burns her hands, <laughs> like, hard. And then she gets launched off this cliff um, by Balin. And Sabine kinda i would say turns to the dark side a little bit here she has a crisis of conscience i think it's i think it's more than that i think it's a i think it's an actual it's she's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers because like Hmm. the the only way like she she agreed with ahsoka and you know we can discuss ahsoka's decision making here in a few minutes um but regardless like the only way to to stop them is to be on their ship at this point, right? So, like the only way you can do that is by not getting killed. <laughs> and so she just watched, you know, her quote unquote master get kicked off a cliff. So at this point, her only real recourse is to kind of be like, "Hey, I'm alive. Yeah, I can get on the ship. I can figure out what's going on with Ezra." We find out if Thrawn's alive, you know. I'm a. I think I know you guys talked about it in the first two episodes. You're talking about um, Morgan's like Thrawn calls to me. Is he though? <laughs> Is it really him? <laughs> uh, you know, like I don't, I don't know. So I, I think that's her plan. Is you know she saw like she saw the writing on the wall, and yeah, but it was in order. Crisis of conscience for sure. <laughs> Yeah. It'd be funny if they get to where wherever they're going and it's just some beach bum named Doug and he's like, "Oh yeah, I've been sending out smoke signals. Thanks for <laughs> Thanks for coming." Well, like contact <laughs> they just show up on the beach. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um so you are saying she she's more of an opportunist. I, I think there's very much a, a a note of opportunism in here. Um it, if she never comes back to our galaxy, then that's because she's there doing something else to try to stop it mm. from that side. Mm. And if that's that's like, yeah, yeah, it's an opportunity to see Ezra again, but it's also a chance for her to actually be able to impact things and maybe still prevent Thrawn's return just from sure this other galaxy or something else yeah okay who could be something worse than thrawn like you know some sort of version of the yusen vong or whatever um it's actually the borg (laughs) they went to a whole different galaxy just a bunch of cubes (laughs) yes (laughs) it's actually just the cast of lower decks you just got born who are looking at the fucking eye of cyanon and like <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. Um yeah, I 
I guess I could agree with you that she's a little bit more of an okay. All right, I'll sway I mean, from. You guys the... both might be right. I just, it just doesn't seem the little I know of her character to just be like cool. I guess I'm dark side now. Yeah, like, it's not a switch that just gets flipped. I mean, sure, right. you know, um, what is it? Uh, hate or, or uh, you know, love leads to loss, loss leads to hate, hate leads to the dark side. No. But I mean, I don't know. I, I think it'd be interesting to see if Sabine starts using the dark side because she can use the force better with that. Like if, like if her anger and stuff gives her more power, I wonder if she would be more apt to do that. Um, and then it becomes like she becomes Shin's apprentice. Oh, see, there's that buddy cop story I'm talking about, dude. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Ahsoka did quote, uh, "Dark side is quick and powerful." When right. they are training, I believe, last episode or the two two episodes. That that could have been some major foreshadowing. Um, which, which, <laughs> which would be uh, it would be pretty cool. Yeah, could um, be fun. Juan says a tan line of the dark side. I love that. <laughs> uh, I want to give a quick shout out to my buddy Juan. Thanks for being here in the chat, man. It is awesome to see you here. Uh, Juan yeah. is one of my uh, uh, Renfair co-workers. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's uh, it's always good to have have newcomers in. Um, I just, I, Chris, you made a a Spaceballs reference earlier, and I found that really funny because I'm about to make a Spaceballs reference. Um, prepare speed. ship for ludicrous speed. That's all I could think of whenever they were booting up the thing. Um, like, Why are we always I, uh, preparing? Yeah, I, I was like, um, my buddy Anthony and I were talking about it this morning. It was just like Stargate. The chevrons were locking. <laughs> like as, the, as they were turning yellow. Chevron one locked. Yeah, and I was like, wait, hold on a second. That's so funny. Um, I... I loved it, and I again the the spaceballs reference was was what I thought of. But um, what did you guys think of the of Scion? The God, I almost said Darth Scion. Jesus, what did you guys think of the ship and its capabilities? Do you think it was too much? Um, <laughs> I don't think we've seen the last of its capabilities. I I think it is still gonna be a jump ring for the Chimera. Right, like, like I, obviously I, it I, can go on its own. Uh, but yeah. I, I still think we're going to see the the Chimera dock in it uh, oh, so to come cool. back to our galaxy. That would be so cool. So, do you guys remember the scene of the the Scion ship flying mm -hmm. up through the clouds? For a second, quick split second, I really thought it, they were going to catch a Pergo. <laughs> oh my god! Actually, back to the Pergo that theory. When that happened, I was like. Because it looked like it was in a completely different place than it was a few short scenes before. Right. And so I was like, is is the one that Hera and the Re the the Republic fighters are flying towards, is that a decoy? Ooh. And they're, they're going to like shoot it and blow it up, and then all of a sudden this other one just takes off from that No, no, they already uh, did that with Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> um, How dare you? It's... Two Two bait and switches in one episode. <laughs> I'm really glad you brought that little thing up, though, Justin, because that was also my other Sarlacc killer scene. It was the one where you could see the ring up in the sky through the whole map stuff. Um, 
yeah, anyway, that was the other one. My final one is is the best one, which is what I say for the actual segment, which is coming up soon. <laughs> um, did uh, did anybody have, to go back to World Between Worlds, did anybody have the World Between Worlds on their Ahsoka bingo card this week? Nope. I, yeah. I love the implementation of it, but I had not called it. There's so many, uh, so much evidence leading up to it throughout, like, um, Andor, you see all the little, uh, the fingers touching the murals there. And yeah, I didn't expect to see the world in between worlds again. Yeah, it was, uh, it was really surprising, to be honest with you, because I really didn't think they were ever going to use it again. I thought there was mention with Dave Filoni and stuff back during Rebels, um, that it wasn't going to be something that they used very often or ever. So uh, it so definitely took me by surprise. A lot of times, creators will lie about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> At the mm -hmm. end, is that what you're talking about when they were on when they were on Rainbow Road? Right? You're lying. <laughs> yes, Rainbow Road. <laughs> um. And you're you're right, Phil. But at the same time, like, you know, you, you see that you kind of take it at face value, especially after Rebels was done, and you there was no sign of Mandalorian or yeah, no, anything they, like that. They didn't know at the time that they were going to get to come back and revisit all of these characters in live action. That was, yeah. Uh, and so, Chris, you said that you didn't finish Rebels, right? I've never seen a single episode of the show. Okay, so. What when you first saw this scene, the the world between worlds? What was your initial like impression? What was your initial thought? Uh, I mean, just like limbo slash purgatory, like like it's where you like. I don't want to use the term astral projection because I think it's a very crude metaphor for the way the force works. It's like the Harry right? Potter scene with Dumbledore and Harry, and when when Harry dies. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? Oh, who dies? Did I spoil that? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, uh, no, I mean, I, I assume that's what it is. It's where you go when you're like, when you're, when you're chi or whatever. Yeah, it, it's, it is. It's, it's literally just, you know, the mid, the midpoint. It's. And so that leads limbo. to my next question. It's, it's sci-fi limbo. So, so then again, that leads to my next question. Um, is Anakin a force ghost right now or i mean or is he, he's love projected in 4d just like yeah, he's dead, he's dead dead right yes yes he so. is but he still came back as a force ghost in return of the jedi yes but this is after that even yeah but that doesn't like the force ghost isn't gonna just no like, no no just saying that timeline wise this is you know this is after so this, this is after we assumed that he had um kind of found peace and moved on right and so here's my th my thing though is if in the world between worlds if a force ghost shows up as just the normal person like it looks like an actual flesh and blood person mm, are we going to actually are we going to see like the transparent blue of the yes force because because in the world between worlds like chris was saying it's like a purgatory mm -hmm. or like the 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 middle ground um and so man are we going to are we going to see obi-wan 
no, yeah, Obi-Wan show up? Is he going to show up? Is Yoda going to show up in this little world between worlds? You're going like, to actually kinda... get, like, the entire, like, uh, um, 1999 Jedi Council. We're going to get yeah, Coyote Mundi. We're going to get... But what about the Wookiee? Uh, only oh, the ones awesome who were Jedi. <laughs> that would be awesome. Only the ones who were Jedi. Revan? Is Revan going to be there? <laughs> oh, jeez. Revan! Now, there's another theory going around that that's not actually Anakin. Justin, what what would you think if that Anakin actually ended up being the brother from Clone Wars? Oh, that would be a deep cut. I don't don't Uh, even know where you're going with that. Sister and father who were the, like, force world. Yeah. Oh, Yeah, the, the balance yeah. people. Oh, that, that'd be a great that'd callback. Be that'd be so cool. I just I, throwing that out there. I doubt, but I doubt it, it. Just because yeah, that's that's it. way. It was way it was back. just a theory I read online like a couple minutes before I hopped it's into the room here. It's not a bad one. It's um, not a bad and it was theory, because Ahsoka but... took in the essence of the sister. Mm-hmm. Is it possibly you know him manipulating her a little bit? Um, but do you so very confused? Yeah, it's uh, all right. It's all right. It's, all right. it's like mid series Clone Wars reference to yeah. this like Force planet that Anakin and Obi Wan and Ahsoka visited, uh, where they met basically manifestations of the Force itself. Right. Uh, so it then was weird. that being even said, in even in like canon, it was weird. It was yeah. Um. But that being said, I do want to ask seriously: Do you think that's really Anakin, Justin? Um, yes and no. I think it's the Anakin, or it's not Anakin per se, because Anakin was the good side. But it's Lord Vader, just before he like got Ooh. crispy. Okay. Oh, like killing younglings. Like Vader. maybe the way Ahsoka remembered him, or something, or like right before, or you're talking like right like when he made the transition. Like just before Order sixty six kicks transition. in, the, yeah, Anakin. Yep, I gotcha. Yep, he's made the transition. Okay. What about you, Phil? Do you think that's really Anakin? Um, I want it to be. For for Ahsoka's sake, I want it to be. Um, I want it to be Anakin, like, end of Return of the Jedi, where he has come to terms with what he did. Um, what, bring balance to the Force? <laughs> well, uh, kill uh, children? He, yeah. <laughs> he, he killed a bunch of he children, did. and then he killed an old man. It's balance. Well, from my, from my perspective, did, the he Jedi. Did bring... <laughs> <laughs> no, but but in all seriousness, I, I want it to be the Anakin that Ahsoka needs. Not the one that she deserves yeah. right now? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I would like it to be... I would like it to be the Anakin who is in touch with his own mistakes and can maybe help Ahsoka recognize that maybe... Maybe, just maybe, she's not doing what she actually needs to do in order to keep the Jedi Order going. Maybe she's, you know, taking some missteps and he's trying to guide her um, in a way that he never really managed to when he was her master. Okay. Chris, do you think it's the real Anakin or? Uh, I mean, what's real, right? Like, sure. 
when it comes down to it, um, it's as real as it needs to be. Like, I mean, I'm not just sitting on the fence because it's fun. Um, like in my heart of hearts, like it's probably post, um, maybe, maybe a little bit before where Phil's talking, like maybe after he be, after he becomes Vader, mm. but before all the stuff goes down, like that'd be fun. Like him trying to like explain to her why he did what he did, but knowing the Filoni verse, it's probably going to be him like post redemption, you know, like, mm. cause that's where we're at. Right. Like, or at least what, what I, what I really think is what's going to happen is it, it is just a, um, it's not real. Like it's a hallucination. Mean, yeah, everything that you. she's doing isn't real. Like yeah. she, she's, she's bonked her head on outcropping. Say... She got some permanent brain damage. Um, you know, she's bleeding <laughs> out from her, whatever those things are. She's going to wake um, up with a lisp. Yeah. Tendrils. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it's just going to be whatever she needs to hear. And then she's going to wake up. Yeah. And I'm actually on that train right there. And this is also stemming from my trauma of Murak being Ezra. Um, but I think this is going to just be her passed out that she got, she hit her head really hard and she's basically dreaming this. She's dreaming that she's in the world between the soap worlds. opera route. Yeah. You're taking the soap opera cop out. I don't. Yeah. Thank you. Juan says coma theory. And then yeah. she woke up. <sighs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I think that it's just going to be as simple as that as she has a, a vision or um, she hallucinates Anakin and Anakin gives her some really good advice, but then has to go back, especially because when he shows up, he says, I didn't expect to see you so soon. So I think that him saying that kind of feels muted, um, but him saying that kind of, leads uh, me an, to believe Oh shit. That, she died before she was supposed to die. <laughs> right. So, and I don't think she's actually dead. I just think she's probably close to it. Cause she, like Chris said, hit her noggin a little she got too some hard. CTE now. Wants <laughs> his coma theory. <laughs> yeah, ca- kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so I think uh, that's about it for the for the episode. Before segments, um, we have other things to talk about, of course, in segments. But did you guys have anything else you wanted to cover, or are we good to go? I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, question. Answer. The other daily double. Why <laughs> did she not just straight up slice the map in half when she had the chance? Well, it burned her hand. No, 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 no Why no. didn't she do... Why did she grab it? I think that she still had hope that they'd be able to go find Ezra. See, mm. this, is, this is what I'm talking about. This is why Those evil prevails. Because good is dumb. Because <laughs> good is dumb. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if, I was, if I was stranded on a planet and there's a giant hyperspace drive in the sky... And I just managed, I, I, I managed a real quick reprieve from my, my duel with William Wallace. <laughs> you know, I'm not going anywhere. I might as well just destroy the map. I don't know. It just seemed, well, it seemed like the right move to me at the time. Well, this, this episode, I mean, if you really want to take a step back and look at it as like just a casual fan, this is all about convenience. Jason is there because, not, be, not because of anything other than he needs to meet Ezra when when he shows up with Hera. He needs to be able to meet Ezra. Um, 
Ahsoka touched the ball and, and didn't destroy it because now the map is conveniently burned into her hand permanently. <laughs> so she's got... Uh, but, but hold on but a second. She's digging in, in the wrong place. <laughs> she, she only got one side of the map. That's because it's, it's upside down. That's right. Um, wow. 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 That's, no, yeah. the, the Raiders, that's all I wanted to the say. The Raiders reference spectacular. Yeah. That's, that's funny as wrong. hell. Um, there were, uh, there were a, a good amount of references in this one, too, again. Um, one of them being that this episode ended on an Empire Strikes Back kind of note. Um, it was very... It was a downer. You know, at the end of Empire, everything was, was basically lost. Luke lost his hand. Han Solo was lost to Boba Fett. Um, the Empire basically won. And this episode is basically the Empire Strikes Back Part 2. The 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 villains actually got the map to Thrawn. They actually got to jump into hyperspace to get to Thrawn. Ahsoka got knocked off a cliff. Sabine left. Like the the heroes lost in this one, just like they did in Empire. So it was very reminiscent of the Empire Strikes Back. Would you guys agree? I know Justin doesn't agree for some reason, but no, just because bad things are happen in an episode doesn't parallel it. it it to the movie i'm not saying it parallels i'm saying it's very reminiscent where in empire the heroes yeah. lost in this episode the heroes it's lost ending on a bad note yeah it's mid-season it's ending on a bad note it's a midpoint trope i mean it, it, it happens act two yeah it's it... josh i'm right here with you man thank you i got i got what just i got i, what I saying, see why you're you. drawing the parallels to uh to empire uh, namely, just because it's my favorite Star Wars. Pro it's my favorite Star Wars. Uh, yeah. Justin just likes to argue. <laughs> I do. <laughs> anyway, the correct answer there was no. I don't. <laughs> Hello, I'm here for an argument. No, you're not. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I'm gonna wrap all that up and just move on in segments. Uh, Starlight Killer Scene is the part of the show where we talk about our favorite still shot of each episode. So we're going to start with our wonderful guest, Chris, his first or his Starlight Killer Scene. It comes in at the four minute and 34 second mark. I hope I pulled the right one. Is this correct, sir? Yes. Excellent. Tell us about this scene. So the shot. what I love about this shot is um, I'm a huge fan of uh, concepting and... Um, like there's a, a, a game studio. Um, I was reading a book about, uh, that they did talk about like designing their intellectual property. And when they bring people on board, they show them an image and they're like, tell us what you th think of when you look at this image. Oh. And I think that this shot is a perfect example of that. Like if you were to just show someone this shot and you say, what do you, what do you see when you look at it? Like, you know who's this guy in the foreground? Is he a, is he an antagonist? Is he a protagonist? Like is he a, is he someone walking by? Is that his ship? Like why is the ship on the planet? Is it crashed? Um, is it there because it's parked? Like what are they doing? Like where are Extrapolate. they? Extrapolate. Yeah, are they in a forest? Like, mm. and, and that's what I really like. When I saw it, I watched the entire episode and then I I kind of flipped back through it and I skimmed, um, and I just came upon this again. 
And I was like, you know, this is a really great, and this is a perfect example of like what makes Star Wars great is if you were just to show this to someone who doesn't know anything about Star Wars, they could, you know, come up with a million different ideas and they may not all be the same. And so I thought it was a, and, it, and it's a great scene. It looks pretty. So. Yeah, I would agree. And that's a really good interpretation of that. I didn't even think about that. I, I like that a lot. Um, wonderful, wonderful pick. Um, um, very, very, um, again, reminiscent of the uh, samurai films, the, the Kurosawa uh, samurai films with the, the trees oh, even yeah. looking very similar to like cherry blossom uh, things. Going. That's yeah, pretty good. I agree. Right, yeah. Um, so yeah, excellent pick. Let's uh, let's move on to Phil's shot that comes in at the twenty minute and seven second mark. Go ahead and tell us about the shot. <laughs> I just loved the positioning of this. So we've got Ahsoka and Balin facing off. Uh, Ahsoka, uh, interestingly enough, uh, giving up her standard uh, dual wield for a double handed grip on the lightsaber. We get Balin from viewed from behind as he's facing her down. We get the map projector in the foreground, and then the whole background is just this the henge surrounded by the expanded map. And it's just a gorgeous shot. Just phenomenal uh combinations of lighting, uh and just showcasing again, showcasing the different the size difference between Ahsoka and Balin. It's ah, I just I saw it and I paused it. I was like, "That's the shot. That's the one right there." <laughs> yeah, it's a super cool shot. Just the that whole wide shot, and mm. I I love them battling inside the map. Yes, <laughs> that's a really cool like addition to the whole fight. So yeah, I know it just makes for a neat background to the entire duel. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, wonderful pick, Justin. Th er, Phil, thank you for that. I was thinking of Justin coming up next at the 16 minute and 15 second mark. I know you just picked this shot to talk your <laughs> shit, so now is your time to oh. talk your shit. <laughs> well, the sh all talking shit aside, it was a cool cool scene to see because it was such a shocker to see to watch him get a uh, samurai chopped in like five seconds and then him just to blow up in a wisp of smoke. I seriously had no freaking clue that was coming. And then I'm still not convinced that he was a night, night brother or night sister ghost or some kind of spirit, but great theory nonetheless. But, um, I would just like to say, I told you so Josh, <laughs> um, your theory about Ezra, possibly being that guy was illogical because Ezra was with Thrawn and Thrawn's in another galaxy. Go figure. But um, I was right. He is a nobody. I, I was wrong about it being a uh, circular nod, but yeah, either way, I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> Dang, you've been, you've been waiting to say that your whole life, huh? Look at you. Look oh, at you. I had the, I got to bring something up here really quick um, because I, I posted this very recently. It was this little shot here. I love this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Dave Filoni holding up a sign that says your Merrick theory sucks. <laughs> um, no, and that's fair. I'll take awesome. it. I'll take the hits, whatever. 
Um, I was absolutely wrong, and I am usually wrong on my predictions, and I'm pretty sure I, I said that <laughs> every time. I'd be like, here's my prediction. I'd be like, I'm probably wrong, but here's my prediction. Look, here's, here's the deal when it comes to predictions. When we watched Force Awakens, my buddy Kel and I, he told me as we were leaving the theater, he's like, Ray is Obi-Wan's daughter. And oh yeah, we we both put calendar, um, calendar. Whenever the 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 second and third movie came out, we put calendar entries to argue about it after those movies came out. Like, and we watched. Um, That's awesome. Whatever the whatever episode eight is, uh, uh, the Last Jedi, right? That's what that one's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Last Jedi, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, when they remade. Um, Return of the Jedi for the third time. Um, uh, and we've, we've argued about it. And it was like, I was against her being Obi-Wan's daughter. And he was absolutely convinced that she was going to be Obi-Wan's daughter. So hold on to those predictions, man. I had a you whole, still might be uh, right. <laughs> I had a whole like 10 page essay written out about how I thought Ray was Poe's sister. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Um, but excellent shots, guys. Uh, mine is going to come in at the 31 minute and 40 second mark for my third Starlight Killer shot. It is the one right when they jump into ludicrous speed. It took a second to get this shot perfect. Um, but I love seeing the ghost right in the center of the hyperspace ring, basically. Um, nice and, job and editing just, out all the plaid in there. It's <laughs> I just love this shot and like I said there were the other two that I really enjoyed but this one just to me it, it just really showed kind of showed off the uh, the graphics of this of this show um, and, and everything that came after this with the X-Wings running into each other and um, the damage that, that this whole thing did it was it was a lot of fun to watch it and just the whole time I was thinking of the, the Holdo maneuver from Last Jedi. Right. So I thought it, the the ships were going to blow I, up. I mean, they kind of did. I didn't expect they'd just, like, kill them all off because that's, you know. Well, I mean, there was a big hole where they were. Yeah. Bad writing. Uh, right. But they get hit. They get disrupted by the wake. Yeah. Which I, I love. They, yeah. they didn't get hit by the craft mm. itself, but they got hit by the wake. And that's still, <laughs> you know still fucked things up pretty bad they've already yeah. changed the way hyperspace works That's so true. i mean why not change it again so yeah <laughs> i love uh i love how carson when when uh Hera's like are you are you reading this and carson's like that's a huge surge of power <laughs> like just kind of stating the obvious i love that though why did um, they shoot it because it wasn't arming or anything like they, I think they kind of they realized right late. away. It, yeah, it, and they realized right away man, that they weren't going to stand look, a man, chance. Man, I bulls, I want breaths back home, <laughs> and they're no bigger than two meters. Yeah, <laughs> and imagine what a torpedo shot to something you know two meters on the size of the Eye of Scion is going to do. I just, it was just, it was weird. They're like just flying towards it. Like I mean, I, I think they, oh, I look, think they expected a rule. to get shot. I think they expected to be encounter, you know, engaged in combat. I I don't think they expected the enemy to just run away. Yeah, right. If you lock your S foils in attack position, you got to attack. 
Well, they did mention it at one point. They were like, there are no enemy ships coming in. Yeah. And then the other X-Wing pilot was like, yeah, I don't think they're planning on sticking around. Yeah. So, And yeah. even Morgan was, was like, oh, these these little cockroaches mean nothing. Ignore them. I mean, and that's they part of why her plan worked. They like couldn't yeah. disable it? Like, they couldn't... <laughs> you can't thwart stage one. They've they've got to at least get to the other galaxy at some point. Oh sure, yeah. No, I'm just looking at. It's it's my favorite thing to do is to like point out like minor plot holes. Oh yeah. It's like, well, why oh, didn't yeah. they just do that? So. Well, you might have been thinking like, oh, maybe we'll just board this thing. We're just gonna fly up and board it somehow or something. You know, I don't know. What, what were they? What what did they think they were gonna do with five X wings and the ghost? Like you know, <laughs> hey, look, man. Maybe pull a, a halo maneuver and look, break. The it. Empire doesn't oh. consider a, a, a one man fighter, fighter to be a threat. To be a threat. Yeah. So, <laughs> awesome picks, guys. We're gonna move on to the next segment. The one chimers part of the episode where we pick our favorite line of dialogue from each episode of Ahsoka. So we're gonna keep the same trend going and start with our guest Chris's one chimer. It is an unfortunate evil, but speaks to a greater truth. One must destroy in order to create. I picked this line for a couple reasons. Uh, shout out to Anthony in the chat, because uh, I feel like Dave Filoni had to destroy Star Wars with the Book of Boba Fett so he could create a Ahsoka. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it, it really just... Shots uh, fired. It really just kind of brings... Uh, like the force into perspective right um th- like one of the things I, I i like and dislike about star wars is how the jedi are so front and center jedi are rad right but what makes them so annoying is they're kind of their own deus ex, deus ex machina mm-hmm. i made the joke earlier about anakin bringing balance to the force by destroying the jedi right you have to destroy he had to get rid of this ancient corrupt bureaucratic institution in order to create a better world for force users did he have to kill a bunch of kids to do that i'm not here to answer that question (laughs) um but you got to have the dark in order to have the light you got to have chaos in order in order to have order so that's why i really like that line is it kind of just it it wraps everything about star wars and the force together you can't have the rebel army unless you have an imperial um, you know, a bunch of fascists, fascists, mm-hmm. excuse me, to rebel against, right? You can't have um, a fascist dictator taking over a republic if you don't have a corrupt Senate to enable him. So I just, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, the, the way he delivered it was fantastic. Yeah, very well said. I did like that whole part of dialogue there as well. Um, and there's, I think, everyone in this episode chose... Balin as a one chimer, except for me. So he that really speaks to how well Ray Stevenson he, did with this role. So he got good dialogue oh, yeah. this week. Yeah. And speaking of that, let's move on to Phil's one chimer. Have faith. Faith. I lost that a long time ago. Ooh. It's just there there's our title drop right there. There's our fallen Jedi. Uh, mm-hmm. we get the implication that yeah he used to believe in something he doesn't anymore we get 
we get a bigger sense of his age and his uh, and how long he was, you know, connected to the order and how long he's been separated from it. Um, and the implication that he has been doing his own thing since, you know, mid clone wars, probably. Right. So, yeah. And, and hit, and again, Ray Stevenson's delivery of that line is absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Agreed. Um, wonderful pick Mm -hmm. for sure. And, uh, again, everyone else, everyone picked race, Ray Stevenson and, and, and Balin. So let's keep that train rolling. Huh, Justin? Yeah. Witchcraft. (laughs) It's witchcraft. (laughs) Wicked, wicked witchcraft. Um, that, that, that line actually hits, hits strong for me because a Jedi, uh, a force wielding space wizard is sitting there with all of his experience of the the previous Jedi Order and seeing a bunch of cool things and reading it, looking at this going on. He's like, witchcraft. You can't explain it, even though he's a wizard <laughs> he's himself. A, <laughs> he's, a, he's a wizard, Harry. <laughs> it, it's if I may. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it, yeah, it, go ahead. Selective hypocrisy, I guess it, 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 it reminded me. It reminded me a little bit of the of one of the first one of the earliest fights in One Piece, uh, where uh, Luffy, uh, who is you know a man made of rubber, refers to a man who you know can just separate his body parts as being a freak. <laughs> it's just like, what is your baseline? With <laughs> it. What's that line that that they say in Star Wars? Isn't that the something calling the something slimy? Or yeah, yeah, their their version of the oh, uh, yeah. pot and kettle. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. Scruffy I... calling the nerf a herder. <laughs> Quacked. I don't even know. Whatever. But excellent picks, guys. Um, I'm gonna throw mine up there. May I make one request of you both? Stay together. You always did better that way, in my opinion. I feel like we didn't talk about what's the actor's name? David Tennant. David Tennant. I feel like we didn't talk about David Tennant enough, and we don't, and we need to because he's wonderful. And the the delivery of of Hu Yang here, that his like very uh, human like compassionate sort of. Hey guys, like seriously, don't don't go die, please. Like he's he basically said, "Don't die" in a really nice way. Yeah. Um, and it it definitely gave you that that feel of oh, if they split up, then you know it's it's gonna not end well. And also, kind of the if you leave to save your friends, you know, whatever that whole Yoda line that Luke that Yoda gives to Luke before he goes to <laughs> yeah yeah in, in Empire Strikes Back exactly. Um, so I think that that's another, another cool foreshadowing as well. Um, I, I think that by the end of the season, Ahsoka and Sabine are going to realize that they do need to work together and we're going to have some really cool, like, sequences. You know, it'll be like an Avengers thing where Captain America's, like, throwing his shield at Thor and Thor's hitting it with his hammer and, like, I think, I think we'll get some, some stuff Ooh. like that. Maybe, like, Sabine shooting her blaster at Ahsoka and her, like, hitting it like a baseball 
<laughs> at, at stormtroopers or something. <laughs> it's outside the that's uh, outside the thinking box. There. They did that with uh, at some point, I think, in like Clone Wars or something, where they would like fire blasters at Anakin, and he would deflect them back at the droids. I'm pretty sure they did that. I'll have to I'll have to look that up over the next week and I believe and you. Correct myself if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um So yeah, that that was my pick and I love David Tennant and everything he's done with that character since since Clone Wars all the way up to now. Um it it's just been he's he's one of my favorite droids. Yeah, so. no. I again, I was so happy to see him come back. It's just like mm-hmm. Nah, if, if anybody's going to be helping Ahsoka potentially put the Jedi Order back together, who yang? Yep. So with that being said, uh, let's go to the third and final segment. Of the week. It's the Tuscan Raider, where we rate each episode, and this week we're going to rate the episode out of ten. Ooh, I don't even know. Ten uh, whistling. What do they call whistling those things? Whistling birds. Whistling birds. Yeah, yeah. We'll do a rating out of 10 whistling birds. Let's start with Chris. What would you rate this episode? Uh, I'm going to give it a 7.2. Ooh. <laughs> Putting it at um, point two. All right, all right. And, uh, and, Make the math hard for them. Uh, <laughs> oh, do you add these up? Is that what you do? <laughs> I do, yeah. Oh, okay. Let's he, make it he has a calculator. It's fine. It's not like he's doing this in his head. It's fine. 7.2 is fine. It's It's cool. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I liked a lot about it. Again, there's just some. It, it, it could just be like mid-season, like I don't want to say doldrums, but like apparently you guys were talking about it earlier. The next episode is going to be released in theaters, mm-hmm. so now I have to spend more money. Well, let me rephrase that. I mean, my not my friend who's paying for Disney Plus. You know. Uh, well, if, if I want to watch it the day it comes out, I got to go, right? I got to pay the $8 for it. Um, I will happily no, I, pay $8. <laughs> I, I think that action sequences were great. Um, the plot, I'm still really not sure what the hell is going on. Um, like, I know they're trying to go to Thrawn, but like, um, is it just the Star Wars-ness that they have to have this crazy, convoluted, excessively point like not pointless but like overly complicated plan yes to get there yes like it's just i feel like much like the last season of mandalorian it's just kind of like let's go i just i'm ready i'm I'm ready for you to get to what you need to do i can Um, see that and i just think that like i love filoni you know i believe i just i believe he could do it a little faster (laughs) So, I well yeah, just, you know yeah. I'm just I'm I'm. It, it, I guess it's one of those situations where I liked it so much that I kind of hate that I have to wait to see the uh, next episode. Does that kind of yeah. make sense? What yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm right there with you, and it all makes sense for sure. Phil, what would you rate this episode? I'm gonna call it an eight. Okay. Yeah. Um. The, the lightsaber battles alone uh, really had me pretty sold on this one. Um, mm. The choreography across the the three different lightsaber fights, because we had Ahsoka versus Merrick, we had uh, Shin versus Sabine, and then we had 
uh, Ahsoka versus Balin, and they were all just really, really well done. Um, I I loved uh, the bits of kind of backstory that we've gotten through so far, and 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 David Tennant, who Yang's whole maneuver of like killing the power of the ship to get the attention of Ahsoka and Sabine was just like he wouldn't mess that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I th- I thought it was really okay. solid. All right, Justin, what would you rate it? Uh, eight and a half. It's my favorite episode yet. Nice. I, I love uh, cliffhangers, let alone depressing endings. <laughs> like Empire Strikes uh, Back? Just like Phil said. I- exactly. It's my favorite. But like Phil was commenting on, the lightsaber battles were plentiful and bountiful and awesome. Took up a lot of the screen time. Um, I liked the uh, building to the climax and then seeing uh, Ahsoka kicked off. Just cool. Yeah. Agreed. And that's why I rated a 9.5. Um, it is absolutely my favorite episode so far Whoa. and one of my favorite episodes of any live-action Star Wars that has been released. Um I love that this is basically the end of part one of Ahsoka. I think episode five is going to kick off part two of Ahsoka. Um, and we're going to get a lot of really, really cool um, story coming up. But I I don't know if, if any other episode is going to top this one. I'll, I'll be absolutely wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I will be wrong. But um, Seeing <laughs> Thrawn. Yeah, and, and it, that'll be cool. It'll be really fun to see him on you know in live action uh one thing i do want to mention is that we've now seen every inch of the trailers that have been released except for thrawn walking onto the ship that's the only thing we haven't seen yet everything else has been been put out there though in these first four episodes so from here on out there's there's nothing that's been released so it's going to be all new coming up which is fantastic and i love that um so that gives us a total of 83% this week, which is not bad. It's, you know, it's a pretty good, pretty good rating. So Gosh, uh, I want to thank up our average. Yeah, I got to, you well, know, got to do something. You know, if, if I sound harsh, it's only because I love it, right? It's only, oh. it's only when you, it's only when you give up on something is when you don't care. <laughs> no, it's, it's totally fine. I'm just very partial to rebels. And this was just such a, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm weird. I guess I, I loved it. <laughs> But thank you guys all for coming this week and hanging out with us. Thank everyone in the chat that's been over there hanging out. I just realized that Boston is you, right, Chris? That is me. So <laughs> that's great. Um, Never been. It's been a it's been a long week. You're not missing much. Um, but Chris, why don't you go ahead and uh, tell our listeners in the podcast land where they can find you? Uh, all over the internet's at Sci-Fi Wise Guys. Email us your B-movie suggestions at sci-fiwiseguys at gmail.com. As long as it's science fiction and science fiction adjacent and visual entertainment media, if there's a chance we'll watch it and then tell you how much it sucks <laughs> or how much we liked it. I mean, if, if I could suggest anything to the, the three of you, Mythica, if you've ever heard of it, um, was a, 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 a B-movie that I one of us found on a drunken scroll of Amazon. Um, okay. And they made five movies. They're making a sixth one. So, <laughs> wow! Great, right. they're great. <laughs> they're amazing. Oh, Lord. Totes suggest. So, <laughs> excellent. 
Um, I, I wrote it down in the notes. I'll have to, I'll definitely check that out. Um, and thanks again for showing up and, and hanging out and chatting some Star Wars with us dorks over here. Um, it was good to have you on for sure. Would I, I would love to do it again and maybe talk about something other than just Ahsoka, you know, maybe do a little bit of extra stuff. I, I still want to do another Trek Wars episode and have a big like panel of people on with it to talk about that thing because I think it'd be a lot of fun. So, um, Phil, uh, you want to let everybody know where they can find you, sir? I can be frequently found hiding in books. Uh, now you can find me uh, online. I'm at Flip Writer pretty much everywhere. Um, and yeah. Uh, and of course, you have your website, Swords of the Ancients. Yep, where I do a lot of book reviews. So. Dot com. Yeah. Justin, would you like people to know where they can find you, or are you going to stay a mystery this week? Um, I'm not anything special like <laughs> these two, so I'm JLU1742. <laughs> yeah, You're that special, that I'll, I'll put that link in there because you are special. Yeah, Thank you. Chris is absolutely right. Thanks. Um. But yeah, thank everyone again for listening, for hanging out, for joining us live. If, you, if you're listening in podcast land and you want to join us live, definitely like and subscribe to us on YouTube at QuestMe. And you can join in on the fun every Thursday at 9.30, 8.30 Mountain Time. So for QuestMe, I have been your host. And I'm Justin. I'm Phil. And I'm Chris. This has been QuestMe. Thank you all. May the Force be with you.